Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And today we will be discussing Season 6A, Episode 1 of The Sopranos titled Members Only. This episode aired March 12th, 2006. It was written by Terrence Winter and he won an Emmy for this episode. And it was directed by Tim Van Patten. Here is the... Season 6 premiere, HBO synopsis. In the season 6 premiere, Tony ponders an associate's retirement request and shares a recent windfall with Carmela. An increasingly paranoid junior takes Tony on a backyard treasure hunt. Hesh seeks restitution for a wrong perpetrated on his son-in-law. Meanwhile, Tony and Phil work out an agreement on the office park deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty... uh pretty straightforward yeah there, a lot happens say. in this episode right well yeah i mean obviously this episode i knew was coming and i was dreading to be honest oh really why I find this to be one of the most difficult episodes oh of the sopranos i can't wait for us to get into that this is easily one of my favorites i mean this might be my favorite premiere i think it is my favorite premiere yeah i mean it has to be yeah a, a, you know it's one of the best uh premieres for sure. Uh, it is important to note for all of our viewers <laughs> that Hannibal is currently wearing a members-only jacket. I put it on for this, uh, a joke for an audience of one. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> 100% <laughs> of you listening don't get the joke here, but I am wearing a members-only jacket, which I found in my closet, which I haven't put on in years. Yeah. I mean, not like, you know, it hasn't been that many years. I'm not that old. Now, what is a members only jacket? Oh, I mean, as far as I know, it's just like a jacket from like the 80s. And I think I bought this when I was in high school being a hipster. Right. That's it. Right. Okay. Well, um, yeah. So if you hear a Swiss, swish, swish. <laughs> yeah. That's coming from Hannibal's end with his arms swishing in that jacket. First, uh, costume for yeah. <laughs> a podcast recording oh man we should have told everybody you know what everybody should be wearing their members only jacket yeah if you I have think. one go get it yeah go get it right now uh well let's uh dive right in we open with uh well we open with a, a montage mm -hmm. uh like we did in season two um this time it opens specifically with agent harris and a new agent ron goddard played by michael kelly Good mm -hmm. actor, uh, House of Cards. Oh, okay. Uh, most notably uh, recently, I guess. Ah. Uh, and uh, opens with Agent Harris just puking out of the car. <laughs> right. And then uh, we get uh, sort of a recap, right? Because it's nearly two years. Yeah. Since season five to season six. Explain. I mean, I really can't, right? They got to this point where they just wanted to take their time between seasons and really allow themselves to creatively come up with new and original ideas. I think that was a big part of it. I also think that it wasn't one of those shows, Sopranos, where like they automatically had the deal for the next two or three seasons. It was always kind of like, mm. hey, we got this season done. Now let's negotiate and figure out if we're going to do another one. Does David Chase want to? I mean, I think as early as season four, he was starting to say like, yeah, maybe I'm tired of this. Maybe I don't want to do more seasons. That always had a lot of behind the scenes drama with this show. So weird. 
uh, and conflict, but I mean, it yielded these great episodes of television. So maybe a little strife is good for the, for the imagination of the writers. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But since it's been two years, we're reintroduced to all of our favorites, Mm -hmm. right? We get this, uh, song, uh, playing over seven souls. Right. Uh, very creepy, just kind of song choice opening. Burroughs, uh, I mm, believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but a good choice. Let's see. Janice has a baby. Right. So it's literally been. Yeah. Almost two years. Right. Yeah. I like that. They they factored in that gap because a lot of things are different. A lot of things have progressed. Yeah. Some things not as much. I guess I thought that... Um, the spec house will be a little bit further along than it is. Well, I think we learn why it hasn't <laughs> yeah. really been further along. Uh, uh, yeah. We get a glimpse of Ray, right? Yeah, Ray the rat. Uh, and just as Burroughs is saying, uh, the heart treacherous or mm. something along those lines. Right. Uh, there's a shit ton of foreshadowing in this episode. Shit ton. For things that will happen in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, something uh, falls upon Gene. Mm-hmm. Ponte Corvo that he's excited about with his wife. Right. Uh, uh, Finn is also excited at Meadow dancing for him. Yeah. It's very <laughs> random. I mean, this is a uh, recap, I a, guess, yeah. a series of reminders. Mm-hmm. Let's be reminded that Meadow is a hot young woman, I guess, is the I, point I, of that I shot. Guess. And then let's also be reminded that AJ is now super douche. Oh, mega douche. Oh my God. The shoulder length hair. Jesus. Just maximum. Douche. <laughs> Fucking douche. Plus but... doing like a crazy like rock yeah. star face yeah. into his flip phone. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. Good stuff. It's not good. No. But then we continue along to Carmela talking to Adriana. Right. And Who's like, dead, just who, in case he forgot. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure this, in some way, had to be poking at those fans who were like, maybe she's not dead. Right. And they were like, oh, yeah, guys, she's not dead. She's talking to Carmela in the spec house. Yeah. Well, no, she's dead. She disappears. <laughs> but we get Carmela. Like a force ghost from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like... Carmela, in this dream that she's having, she mm-hmm. is worried. I'm worried, Aid. Everybody's worried. No, I am worried all the time. That dream wakes her up pretty hard. Yeah, and she just stares up at the ceiling. And we're used to Tony having the bad dreams that make him wake up like, mm-hmm. fuck. But this time it's Carmela. Yeah, and we don't get any uh, driveway paper pickup. Right. We cut to Tony digging up junior's backyard yeah yeah they skipped the pickup yeah for this episode there's a reason for that though we'll talk about it okay good not today uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> sure we'll talk about it in a future episode okay um yeah but i think i just found it really amazing that tony would be doing this mm-hmm. in general this, right this digging up in the backyard even for forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars from your uncle who you know is losing his mind yeah like big time right well i think as we'll explore in this episode i mean that's a big thing uh in this episode of course the state of mind that junior is in 
or lack of right. <laughs> whatever he's got going on up there. Uh, but I think that Tony is understanding that his his uncle is severely impaired mm-hmm. in a way. And so this is a kindness yeah. you know, that Tony is doing for his uncle. He's just indulging him because he's a harmless, confused old man. Yeah. Now, who does he bring up but Pussy Malanga? Right. And we remember Pussy Malanga because Junior wanted him whacked. Mm-hmm. Had him whacked. Right. In season one, season premiere. Series premiere. Series exactly. premiere. Yeah, the very first episode, call back to that. This was what led to, of course, Tony blowing up the original Vesuvio. That's right. Uh, but yeah, great to get a call back to the very, very beginning. And we'll have a few of those too in this episode. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you can see that for Tony, it saddens him a bit, like mm-hmm. as he leads Junior back into the house. And yeah, again, a year has definitely passed. Bobby is pushing in a stroller of his newborn, like infant one-year-old, however you want to say, mm-hmm. uh, child. And this is where we get some really great dialogue from Tony and Janice because now he, and we'll see it later with Melfi, defends Livia's terrible living conditions mm-hmm. at Greengrove and will not subject Junior to that. Right. So either his love for Junior or whatever it is, it's so strong that he's man- he's manipul- manipulating his own mind to think that Greengrove is shit. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of amazing uh, how... Tony has come around to sounding like Livia now. Mm. The yeah. you know several years after Livia is gone, it's just one of those funny ironies. Yeah, I should say that Terrence Winter wrote this episode. Yeah, David Chase has written every other season premiere. Has he? I'm pretty sure. I mean, he's obviously credited. he's had a hand. He's, yeah, yeah, he's 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 credited in all episodes. Right. But this one specifically at the credits is mm-hmm. just Terrence Winter. It's yeah. not Terrence Winter and David Chase. Right. Yeah. Sole credit. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. true. Yeah, and you know we love Terrence Winter, right? I mean, yeah. you get hard on for him, but you know I I like him too. Hard on might be a little uh, strong, no, no, little no, little gay. <laughs> I don't know if we'd go that far. <laughs> what I'm saying. Well, I mean, I am gay for his talent, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> you would fuck his talent so hard. Ah, uh, but we digress. Where are we? Scene four with <laughs> Phil and John. Yeah. Because John, Johnny Sack is uh, in jail. I saw something funny on IMDb that somebody was like, you know, in IMDb, maybe you don't because I know you don't even have the app on your phone. Oh, no, um, I got it actually after oh. you chastised me. Yeah. Well, um, they have a goofs section mm-hmm. and the only goof for this episode is that at some point later on tony references that johnny is in jail the person was like no 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 he's actually in prison now oh i was like really that's the goof that's not a goof that's intentional got a little confession for you yeah that was me (laughs) i planted that goof you don't have imdb on your phone but you know how to go on there and really fuck with people it was years ago yeah what could i say uh, so they're talking about work, and I personally hate the term. Don't turn it into World War Three. I oh. hate when people say that. Let's explore this. No, we don't need to. I just don't like it. Why? I just think it's it's. Yeah. 
It's a little extreme. It's just an expression that doesn't work for you. It's an ex- for whatever yeah, reason. it's an expression I just mm-hmm. I, I find too hyperbolic for my taste. That's fair. Yeah, because come on. Yeah. If if anything, they're just gonna shoot each other. Well, here's the funny thing about it though. When you're talking about Phil, I mean, he really was trying to start a World War Three of sorts. Yeah. In all due respect. Yeah. I mean, he wanted full on. That's All true. Of the Soprano crew dead. It's true, but he is actually, you know, he's taking it on the chin. You right. You know, this whole situation because he obviously lost his brother, and mm-hmm. didn't get the restitution he wanted. But say la vie. Yeah, I mean that's the point of the scene, really, right? That Phil is acting boss, and it kind of goes back to what Tony told Johnny to do before Johnny got raided and arrested, right. which was, you know, uh, make sure that. You know, you're the boss at the end of the day. Yeah. So do something nice for Phil. But at the same time, it's your job as boss to tell him, hey, it's over now. You can't pursue this grievance any further. That's right. And now we uh, pick up from uh, prison, jail, wherever the fuck John is, uh, <laughs> to the, <laughs> the thing. Can. Yeah. yeah, the can. Uh, and Tony's there and Gene walks in. Right. A bag of very expensive watches for the whole entire Soprano family. Yeah. Lovely. Nice gift. And uh, the gift isn't just coming out of nowhere. It's not just out of the kindness of Gene's heart. Mm -hmm. It is sort of as a segue to something that is kind of an interesting proposition that we haven't really seen yet, right, in this series. Uh, And it's also interesting because it's Gene, of all people, a character that we haven't really focused on. Aside from, oh, he's kind of goon number three, you know, in a a way. Yeah. Uh, But Gene got this inheritance from his aunt. Yeah. And it's $2 million, which is really super big. Yeah. And he wants to retire to Florida at the, you know, he's a middle-aged guy, but he wants to retire. Yeah, he does. From crime, from the life of crime. Yeah. Yeah, and we see later on how the pressure is really coming from his wife a lot as mm-hmm. well. But, of course, you would want to take this opportunity to get out. And I love Tony's response. Retiring, actually. Retiring? What are you, a hockey player? Tony can't even believe it. Yeah. Because this doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, like, who else has ever approached him like this? Like, I'd like to retire. I mean, I think that you're sort of allowed to kind of retire... Actually, no, you're not. I was going to say when you get old. But then there was that whole thing with old man Bacala, right? Right. And Bobby was like, oh, but he's retired, my dad. And I forget the line, but it was something like, what is this? We're in the Navy. It's like something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you never, like, once you become a made guy, you are a made guy for life. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know who we can ask? Who? Frank Renzulli. Let's ask him. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting breakfast with Frank Renzulli, guys kind of excited about it i, I mean are we gonna bring a microphone <laughs> no we're not gonna bring a microphone. Uh, we should we should come mic'd up we should come, we should wear a wire <laughs> to our breakfast with Frank. crazy stuff he's gonna say <laughs> yeah. that'd be great um rat out frank renzoli i don't think that's a good idea <laughs> yeah you know you just can't go civilian yeah that's the thing right you can't so the scene ends, right, even though Tony's like, yeah, you, you don't really, I mean, retiring is not a thing that we do. Uh, he says, well, think about it. Because, yeah. you know, as we get a little bit of exposition, Gene and Tony go way back. They've known each other for a long time. Tony likes Gene as a person. Of course. They embrace, and then Gene returns home to his wife 
this new character that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. She figures very prominently in this episode, and he tells her, "Hey, you know, he Tony accepted the gifts, gave me a hug. That's a good sign. It's looking good, and yeah. she's excited." Yeah, well. They better be excited because they're already looking at homes. Right. I mean, geez. You, yeah. This is like when people don't realize that they're out is not as good as they mm-hmm. think it is. Uh, and already looking ahead. It's a dangerous right. thing to do. Yeah. You know, counting your chickens. Uh, it's kind of like yeah, before the classic they, example they of that. Right. Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> right. Counting <laughs> your chickens before they shit. <laughs> that's the that's the say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's that it's that whole thing where it's kind of weird that Gene thinks that he'll be able to get out so easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sort of have a solution for Gene, uh, but we'll get to it a little later. Okay. Maybe something that could have worked for him a little bit better. Gotcha. But we also see that uh, Gene has a little bit of an issue. Mm. Uh, he and his wife are happy, I guess, excited about moving to Florida and possibly getting this big new house. But he's got this like uh, wayward son. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who he's worried about doing uh, doing some drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We then go to Tony and Carmela who are back together so happy at a sushi restaurant enjoying it for like what appears to be their hundredth time there mm-hmm. um but carmela carmela brings up the adriana dream and tony right. just does such a good job of you know wax on wax off right if i may yeah <laughs> because they're eating sushi yes <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> well, later, I don't know if you noticed, yeah. that sushi restaurant mm-hmm. is right next to a dojo. Oh, it is? It's fucking next to a dojo. I did so, not notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So you tell me who's being insensitive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the state of New Jersey. All Asian businesses must be on one street. Uh, great to see them eating sushi, though, right? I mean, this is something different. <laughs> it really is. Shows that Toadie's evolved a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually stepping outside of Vesuvio for yeah. the first time in a while. Uh, and you got to say, I mean, considering what happens in this episode, considering how it ends, mm-hmm. big red flag, this whole scene. It's just like, they're too happy. Yeah. <laughs> something bad is going to happen. Yeah. Well, and she even says, you Notice you haven't been taking your antidepressants. And yet the bonefish are back in season. Right. <laughs> so they're even having good sex, you know? Yeah. Everything's great. Tony, on the Tony and Carmela front. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, I mean, it is the Sopranos. Things do need to start going wrong. People need to start getting hurt. (laughs) That happens in this very next scene where we pick up with uh, Hesh. He's leaving dinner Mm -hmm. and uh, he's got his leftovers. It's nighttime with his son-in-law. And uh, that should be it. Only it isn't. And it's kind of a mystery exactly what's going on here. Goons pull up, block their way. They seem to be extremely upset with Hesh, but more... Uh, actually upset with the son-in-law. Right. You know, uh, Eli, and he was told, he was warned, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to get away. They can't. It's really funny. You know, this is the second time we've seen a guy in a car. Yeah. He's already in his car behind the wheel. Someone comes 
<laughs> up from outside the car, yeah. wants to beat him up, and the guy in the car still can't get away. <laughs> right. This has happened twice Like, in they're a row. so sensitive to hitting the people who are preventing them. It's ridiculous. From leaving, yeah. Dude, if someone tries to get tough with me and I'm already in my car, I'm driving away. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll run <laughs> over If you get run toes. over, it's too bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they fuck him up yeah. once he does get out of the car, and then he runs into a car yeah just wanders into the street in classic sopranos fashion the guy who hit him just sent him skidding across (laughs) the pavement doesn't even slow down well it's a taxi cab so you know he's not gonna what is he he's not gonna lose his job over yeah hitting a guy he'll have to clean off the blood or something but, exactly you know, yeah <laughs> um but and... i just thought that was very sopranos ish oh, of course yeah. in the in the world of sopranos hit and run is just you know Calm. par for the course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh hesh does get punched in the nose too that's right which uh is funny oh <laughs> you laughed at the old <laughs> well, man it's funny later on right yeah fuck you grandpa i believe is the line <laughs> that's that is the line yeah, yeah. and then we pick up Outside the pork store, Ganascoli man has lost a tremendous amount of weight. Oh, well, that was actually like pretty much our first shot of this episode, right? It was, yeah. And he's doing like weight loss advertisements, mm-hmm. holding his, you know, old pants, stretching out the waistband. Atkins, like, right? Yeah. <laughs> Look how fat I used to be. Yeah. Now I'm skinny. I got to say, when you're an actor, if you're fat, just lose weight and, well, uh, never mind. I was about to go into spoiler territory. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So never mind. But I'm just saying that, you know, Vito loses all this weight. And then all of a sudden we're seeing a lot of Vito in this episode. That has nothing to do. No, that, no, Hannibal. <laughs> Vito is a captain. We've established right. last season that he is gay. Yeah. These are things. He's going to be a prominent figure. Okay. He took over Ralph's Richie's crew. Yeah, I'm maybe overthinking it. I'm just thinking about Chris Pratt. Remember when Chris Pratt was fat? <laughs> and he was just like a cartoonish character on a sitcom. Yeah. Then he lost a bunch a of weight. successful sitcom. Now he's a like literally a superhero. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, Ganascoli is not, unfortunately. <laughs> just lose weight if you want to be taken seriously. That's all I'm saying. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the message here. <laughs> all right. Uh, we get jeans member only, members only jacket. I'm wearing a members only jacket. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, and who comes out of the pork store but Tony, Chris, and Phil. Mm-hmm. And Benny is there. I and mean, we left Benny last in the hospital. Right. Fucked up by Phil and his gang. Right. And Benny, obviously not happy to see Phil. No. There. Phil doesn't give a shit. And it looks like Phil and Vito have a relationship, cousins of some sort. Right. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, I believe the relationship is that Vito. Vito is, is married to yeah. Phil's sister. I mean, it's not. Phil's sister. It's yeah. not explained in this episode. Right. So you just spoiled it for every fucking person who's. Sorry. Never watched. Spoiler this. alert. <laughs> it's one of the more important spoilers of this series. Well, I'm just yeah. saying. Brothers-in-law. It, yeah. That's what they are. That's what they are. They're close. Yeah. Agent Harris arrives. Yeah. To the pork store. And he's uh, no longer uh, FBI tracking the mafia. Mm-hmm. He is transferred to the terror unit. Right. 
yeah so now i guess he feels like he has license to go pick up a veal parm well he's, sandwich no he's done that before yeah he's hung out before yeah remember that's right yeah i do remember now yeah yeah In season he hung out <laughs> with tony at the end credits yeah yeah but uh oh the car accident yeah the car accident, i remember now. right yeah so <laughs> this is great because i love that tony actually cares mm-hmm. for agent harris mm-hmm. as i said early on i like agent harris as a character right. um so he has this parasite that he picked up while being abroad and chris says fuck him i hope that parasite eats his asshole up. kind of feel bad for the guy shit when did this happen that is a great transition mm-hmm. right they're having that dialogue and then it transitions inside the pork store to one of the guys on the phone saying shit right after chris said eat his asshole out yeah yeah no that's really funny yeah it's a it's a nice little just transition line there and then tony finds out about hesh right and we lead to the hospital mm-hmm. yeah and this is a funny scene yeah i felt this was hilarious but Vito's uh health kick mm-hmm. is already starting to annoy me right when he asks for water with lemon yeah hot water with lemon yeah i mean it's kind of like that joke and you see it throughout this entire episode of him just being that guy where it's like i've transformed now i just won't shut up about it well the i think there is a heavy theme of health Mm -hmm. and well-being yeah in this episode that's true all right yeah definitely um (laughs) okay so the um the, the line here that I have to highlight from this scene, because the scene is so fucking funny, mm-hmm. is when Hesh is describing... My son-in-law and me, we're having dinner Sunday in a Chinese restaurant near Mill Basin. We get jumped by three guys in a Lexus. Chinks did this? What are you, trying to be fucking funny? You want to smack in the mouth? What? I'm serious. They're with your cousin, Philly Atardo. I told you he was a prick. We were just with them. Let him talk. Hesh just, just goes off on Hesh Chris. Hesh, like, goes after Chris. Like, like, let me at him. Has to be held back. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So, in the end, Tony needs to, you know, get this kid some help right. and fix this situation that was really caused by Phil's guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what we find out. And then it's the, the whole thing, you know, you go back to the previous scene with Phil and how like, you know, Chris said, I hate Phil. Basically he has good reason to, of course, Phil threatened his life, threatened his mom's life yep. or threatened his mom's vagina more specifically. <laughs> um, Box. I yeah. Believe. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Chris, hates phil and of course tony was defending him and saying like hey no actually phil has come around like he's being a really good guy so much for that now phil is going to be a headache for them yeah so we get a quick scene here i don't want to we don't have to linger too long on it but yes carmela has a spec house Mm -hmm. that she did partner with her father on who was a contractor and, Mm and carpenter and builder uh he has no clue how to build a house and has the wrong wood. Right. I mean, I think that it's specifically his point. I mean, who knows if this is true or not, but he's saying like, Hey, I always use this lumber. And back in the day, they weren't so stringent about, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it gets the job done no matter what. Now, never mind. Those houses are not standing anymore. <laughs> but right. back in the day when we built it, it stood for some time. Well, that's what the young guy is saying. The exactly. uh, the guy who is the surveyor 
And uh, just to emphasize the fact that he was old, he's like, hey, get Pudgy Walsh on the phone. <laughs> and then the guy's like, uh, Pudgy Walsh retired, sir. <laughs> I was waiting for him to be like in 19, you know, 78. <laughs> but he doesn't go that far. Right. The point is, Hugh's old. Uh, things are a little bit more by the book now than yes. they were in Hugh's day. And Carmela's pissed. Very frustrated. Yeah. So Hugh and Carmela... They yell at each other, you know, they're very upset. Maybe they have to start the spec house from scratch, yeah. which is a gigantic pain in the ass. Yeah. And uh, Hugh literally throws up his hands in frustration and storms off, not before saying, no good deed goes unpunished, mm. which I think is a pretty good theme statement for this entire episode. Yeah. Uh, I, wow. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that, but you're, you're, you're right. You're right on that. Uh, we lead to Vesuvio. Vesuvio? Yeah. For some reason, I was like, no, Gavin, it's Vesuvio's. Oh, wow. But it's not a person. Yeah. I mean, when Artie starts uh, a cereal, <laughs> you call <laughs> <Yeah>. it Vesuvio's. <laughs> Honey Nut Vesuvio's. Yeah. yeah. I could see I could see Artie doing that commercial. Sure. Yeah. Gesticulating all over the place. <laughs> right. Uh, so we got all the guys there, but Polly asks for a menu and not a single person needs a menu. Right. I just loved that bringing Artie over for no mm -hmm. fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Artie. First he gets like, you know, chastised by <laughs> Phil. I mean, by Phil. <laughs> Sorry. Nope. That was a slip. I had Phil on my mind for whatever reason. Um, by Polly. Yeah. I guess both names start with a P. Whatever. White hair, whatever. <laughs> First poly Jersey, whatever. <laughs> Italian guys. Whatever. <laughs> Get them all mixed up. Uh but anyway, Polly rudely calling Artie over. And then Artie rudely being told no one needs menus. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Artie. Now with all the weight loss, Vito mm -hmm. still waddles. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I mean I don't I, I don't know how fat works. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> I love the line where Sil says, Where do you get this bread? The bread museum? Right. Now, if it weren't the Sopranos, I would call bullshit on that writing. Mm -hmm. But since it's the Sopranos and Terrence Winter... I give it a pass. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I laughed out loud, I gotta say, yes. when he said that. I also noticed, and I suppose, I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen Syl in the episode, correct? Uh, I think so. Oh, oh yeah, I think so. Okay, so yeah, um, quite a pompadour on Syl. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, if you yeah. noticed, like, just his hair seems to be more, there's more volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there yeah. definitely is. Yeah, he's getting a little bigger himself, right. uh, I would say, but... Uh, yeah, and then on top of that, uh, Syl gives Polly a look mm -hmm. when he says, a stunata the first magnitude. Yeah. It's, it, no better, but also no worse than the bread museum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the scene is right. Tony is pissed because shit's not getting done and he's getting headaches and things were going good. Things were going great. Yeah. Now he's got lots of pains in his in his ass. Yes, in his ass. Well, we get a very unexpected moment here in this next scene, don't we? 
yes yes <laughs> first of all san yeah. severino has not left our lives right she is still here talking to ray in a car ray hands over a videotape of pretty important stuff tony talking well, to... not a videotape no oh, sorry yeah a tiny little audio recording <laughs> cassette i'm sorry i'm just <laughs> now i'm just picturing ray with like a camcorder <laughs> pointing at, pointed at tony during a meeting <laughs> And Tony, for whatever reason, doesn't bring it up. Oh, fuck. Uh, oh. oh, man. All right. Oh, we got the giggles this yeah. episode. Uh, <laughs> delivers a tape to her. Yeah. And uh, it's of discussing a murder. Right. And he's about to explain exactly what Tony said. And then he just dies. Yeah. Ray just dies. Kills over. Yeah. Our first, like, good shock of this yeah. episode. Yeah. And I think as an audience, you're like, what? What? Right. Well, fuck. Good. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. And I also just want to remind, I mean, I, I brought it up already, but when we saw Ray in the opening montage, yes. Burroughs said, the heart often treacherous. Ray, the rat, has died of a heart attack in this scene. And it's like, oh, did he for sure die in that scene? Well, yeah, because next scene, Tony and Carmela get up from his casket, mm-hmm. giving their respects, and there he is lying dead. And this is, I don't know what it is about funeral scenes. They yeah. often, or wakes, they often are very funny right. in The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They often have a lot of comedy, a lot of big moments, and they're not necessarily drama. They usually are just kind of like one-liners and like yeah. zingers, and it's kind of just fun. Yeah. So this talk with the guys praising Ray, right? Mm-hmm. And No, he's a stand-up guy. He's a stand-up guy, right? Uh, Tony snaps at Chris. I mean, the, the biggest thing here is... Well, first, Gene does approach Tony again, mm-hmm. right? And gives him a taste of the inheritance. Because what was he thinking of not giving him a taste of the two mil? Yeah. Tony wasn't even expecting it. Right. And I guess that's kind of what I was thinking earlier, where mm. I was like, maybe because Tony respects money, Gene should have led with that. Just giving him like a hefty percentage, mm. sort of being like, "Can I pay my way out?" Like a, a Scrooge way. McDuck bag of <laughs> yeah coins, dollar just... sign, <laughs> yeah, on the bag, just drop it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he's had that idea, and then of course Tony's like, "Actually, I, I mean, I was kind of expecting it, but yeah. I didn't want to say anything." Yeah. Then Rusty approaches, right? Mm-hmm. Frankie Valley is there, uh, and complains about more rats. Mm-hmm. There have been other rats in right. other areas that it just is, it's crazy. Right. But fortunately, we had stand-up guys like Ray. Right, yeah. That's where the joke kind of comes in, how like they don't make them like Ray anymore. That's right. So, <laughs> and then uh, of all of this, you know, morbid stuff, Tony tells Carmela, we got to get the fuck out of here. Right. Yeah, and they leave. Got to Gene and his wife arguing mm-hmm. because nothing is working at this point. Right. The inheritance, the watches, she's getting frustrated. And again, I just don't see how they could have thought this was going to be an easy out. Right. You literally pricked your finger 
and drew blood and gave an oath, a blood oath. Yeah. To this thing. That's not how it works. I mean, they probably would have let him move to Florida in like 20 years. Yeah. But he's still in his prime, really. Yeah. In, in terms of being a gangster. He's so a, He's a soldier. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. So now his wife is, you know, giving him a lot of pressure. She's really upset. Mm -hmm. She doesn't understand. He tells her to be patient. He's doing everything he can. Then on the other end, <laughs> sushi again. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, now let me get this straight. Tony left Raymond's birthday party because mm -hmm. he just fucking didn't want to be there, and now he leaves his wake to go get sushi mm -hmm. with his wife. They <laughs> left the wake to go get sushi, right? And then also planned a surprise drop off by little Polly of a new car for Carmela. Yes. The night of Ray's wake, right? He planned this. Sometimes, I mean, I guess just for the sake of plot efficiency, you just got to move things along. <laughs> I guess you know. I mean, it is it is the same day, right? I believe they're dressed so. up. They're, he's in a suit. She's in the same dress. I, yeah. I would have to assume this is the same day. I've got one for you, actually. Uh -huh. I mean, I, I really don't have a good answer for you on that one. Thank you. But riddle me this. When Ray kills over of a heart attack, while he is ratting out the family to the feds, yeah, he's dead, right? Mm -hmm. No one's trying to conceal that. Obviously, there is a funeral. Oh. How is it explained? Right. How and where Ray died? That right? is a good question do the feds like sneak his corpse back into his house <laughs> put him in bed put, put the covers over him sneak well, out uh, well they probably i mean he obviously drove somewhere to right. meet san severino yeah so they probably just put him back where it was in his car and then... <laughs> i mean either way it's sort of morbid they they have to carry his right. corpse and then sort of make up a story about yeah. where he died yeah, they okay. attach strings to his arms, <laughs> right. and his wrists, and his ankles, and they marionette him over to yeah. his car. Yeah. Anyway, well, back to... Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Which I've never even seen, by the way. I just don't know why that reference is so clear in my head. I know it's about a dead guy that is, like, walking around. Right? It, it is about a dead guy who's walking around. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think when music is playing, like, a specific song. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know this film better than I do. Well, I saw it a long time okay. ago. Yeah. Um, The Sopranos. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. So right? Tony is a prick and a romantic is basically yeah. what I was saying. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, leaves the guy's wake, but also gives his wife a really nice car. And just the, the scene further emphasizes how well things are going. Yeah. With Tony and Carmela. Although Carmela does say, hey, I still wish that you had talked to the building inspector and just, you know, intimidated him, I guess, into letting us use the wrong wood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel bad that Carmela's kind of slipped back into her old ways? Do you think it's enough that she has this spec house that mm -hmm. she has forsaken, you know, what she feared about with her religious beliefs and also her moral beliefs do, well, do you does that upset you at all about carmela it doesn't for me because i'm just yeah. happy they're back together but part of me does say i don't know you kind of just did another 180 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's the compromise. I mean, Carmela, uh, as harsh as it is to use such a word uh, with someone like Carmela, you know, uh, she is a whore in the true sense, wow. right? I mean, she is. Okay. In, in the in, in kind of like the true sense of like, I give you A, in return you give me B. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm not saying that it's strictly like... Mm. So is... I'm sorry. Yeah. Is a business owner a whore? Can be. Okay. I mean, if they're doing things against their principles, Your right? dentist a whore? I give you Novocaine. You give me money. I've called my dentist a whore before. <laughs> <laughs> Out of anger. <laughs> While I was sitting there in pain. That was the only word you can say when your mouth yeah. is wide open. You fucking whore. whore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, okay. So, no, in all seriousness, you know, it is kind of like she gets the money. She gets the goods. She gets the lifestyle. Yeah. In return, you know, she gives Tony romance and obviously raises his kids and makes his dinners for him and that kind of thing. And right. so I think that that's sort of, you know, the point of Carmela. That's kind of the underpinning with her. I'm not right. saying she's a bad person, not using a whore necessarily in like the super judgmental. I mean, not like I do that anyway. I'm just saying that that's kind of what it is. There is right. an exchange there and it's kind of an unsavory exchange. Yeah. I think we know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. She's a whore. Yeah. Um, I, th I just like to throw that word around. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. That's the kind of guy I am. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, this next scene I found to be maybe the least interesting scene of the entire episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, and maybe it has to do with AJ and Meadow both being in it. <laughs> I don't know. But, okay, so small detail. Mm -hmm. Tony set up an interview for Meadow for an internship. Mm -hmm. But I really feel like this moment with AJ is weird. To use this coat as a springboard into how family is all you can depend on mm -hmm. and not friends. I, I didn't, it felt very weak for me and hmm. I, I couldn't fit it into the overall theme of the episode. I think that um, to use your term from earlier, hard on, mm. I think that the writer, the, the writers, uh, <laughs> I think that the writers or, or maybe Terrence Winter specifically, um, got so excited, got such a hard on um, at the opportunity to drop a big ass bit of foreshadowing here mm. that maybe in his rush to put the foreshadowing in the scene yeah. with Tony saying, family's the only thing you can depend on, AJ, family only. Right. You know, we have to remember, hey, perhaps Tony will be getting bit in the ass by this sentiment a little bit later. Yeah. Maybe the, I just didn't yeah. like the obviousness of... Maybe that's uh, what you were responding to. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I kind of... I looked at it as sort of... It didn't really bother me so much. I was just like, oh, that is foreshadowing for, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, Dr. Melfi is a part of this show, after all, right? <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she is. Still <laughs> uh, around. So she makes her first appearance uh, in this premiere. And we have Tony talking about his uncle. Yeah how he was vital, which I don't think is quite the correct usage of that word, but we get what Tony is saying. Exactly. Yeah. Uncle he, Junior used to be very alert, very sharp. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was one of the sharpest of the bunch, maybe in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and now he is kind of, his mind is in ruins and that makes Tony sad. 
Yeah, but it also is, I think, putting Tony's perspective in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Melfi easily calls him out on this because he doesn't remember or he is intentionally forgetting that he tried to smother his mother right with a pillow um but also my question was how did Melfi know Mm -hmm. did he tell Melfi he tried to smother the pillow he he must have maybe just something we didn't see yeah I don't think so clearly right remembers that yeah i mean i think it must have been yeah in a therapy scene that we didn't see we can assume that tony said i grabbed the pillow i doubt tony would have ever said because i was gonna kill her with it (laughs) but maybe he would have said something like i could have just smothered her right right yeah something like that yeah i think one of the important parts that melfi brings up here Mm -hmm. when tony is really going to bat for his uncle Right. Right. She says, I don't think that's what we're talking about. What are we talking about? The fact that you still, after all this time, cannot accept you had a mother who didn't love you. In pitying your uncle, the man she conspired with, you're turning the blame for what she did back on yourself again after all this time. Right. It's crazy to remember the past like that. Yeah. Like he's getting... The novel, like he, she just turned to the page of the novel of his life and was like, "Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Remember the section here yeah. where mother and uncle tried to kill you?" <laughs> right. And he's like, eh, "You know, it's fine. Yeah, it's whatever." Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a it's a big scene. It's a heavy scene in retrospect, right? Yeah. Uh, because she's basically saying all of this love and trust that you profess to have for your uncle is all like a lot of bullshit, like. I mean, you should have a more complicated sort of uh, set of, you know, psychological feelings towards him. Yeah. He literally tried to have you killed. Yeah. I mean, wh- what's this this sentimentality? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I think very funny and important, too, we get a reversal here where mm-hmm. he answers her by saying, She also never tried to kill me. I pushed her over the edge. By placing her in a lovely retirement community. It's a nursing home. Well, after all this time. Yeah. Now Tony can't stand Greengrove. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We saw that earlier when Janice Mm -hmm. suggested, hey, put Junior in a home. Uh, And it is crazy, especially in this episode, you know, right, where, I mean, the show premiered in 99. Uh, Here we were in 2006. Yeah. Seven. Six. Six? Six. Okay, well, that's right. March. Um, yeah, 2006. And I think that it is very resonant for viewers of the show to be like, wow, yeah, that was like a long time ago. And look how Tony has changed yeah. in all these years, you know? Yeah, true. Well, um, speaking of Tony, mm-hmm. we get him in the next scene. Talking- As we often do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We uh, get him in the next scene talking to Ginny's brother, who was uh, mentioned and seen mm-hmm. earlier in the episode. But he, Ginny's brother, is kind of the go-between for anybody who needs to talk to John mm-hmm. in the can. Mm-hmm. And he has to relay the message that the Hesh thing needs to be resolved. Yeah. And he has to tell John to tell Phil to resolve it, mm-hmm. basically, is what Tony wants. Right. Um, can't ignore the fact that he says that 
poor Jenny has the weight of the world on her. They never miss an opportunity. Yeah, they don't, do they? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the actress is ever like, wow, really? Again? Yeah, okay. seriously. I get seriously. it. They give her a hug every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Big hug. I mean, I will say this is one thing about The Sopranos that I do mm-hmm. like is that uh, if you were an actor on the show, then you just sort of had to be okay with uh, your physical appearance being mocked by other characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many uh, jabs at Michael Imperioli's nose have we it's heard? True. It's yeah. true. I mean, he even jabs at Phil's eyebrows, and Imperioli's eyebrows aren't, you know, anything yeah. to, you know, write home about either. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're prominent. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, Tony is called fat many times, so, yeah, yeah it's just it's just part of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Maybe yeah. the actors got mad at the writers. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and then the guys make off with merchandise. Right. Uh, which I, I liked. That they all just walk out and we get Syl as the last one in frame walking past the camera <laughs> with his big hairdo and yeah. his glasses on. Yeah. And uh, the poor, I think his name's Anthony, uh, the brother of Jenny. Uh, poor guy. He just looks so like, I mean, what the fuck is he going to do? Like yeah. he knows it's not right. He's pretty upset that they just walked out with a bunch of expensive sunglasses that they're not going to pay for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what can he do? Yeah. Well, he can in the next scene tell John about the situation. John is pissed because he might have to sell the Maserati and Christopher was around mm-hmm. asking about it. Right. And the, the reaction that John gives to that is really good. It is. I really like He just bows his head and sadness and sorrow over that well yeah yeah i mean he was really on top of the world got to be boss for a nice hot like two or three days (laughs) (laughs) i mean really sucks yeah 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 um now this is such great what uh code Mm -hmm. talk between john and anthony when he says the hairdo and the jew right which I just thought that sounds like a new Broadway musical. <laughs> yeah, it really does. The hairdo and the Jew. The hairdo and the Jew. I guess see that. Uh, yeah, but it's sad because John can't participate in any of his family events, and he sees these photos and gets them all choked up. Yeah, uh, I love the detail here of just if you see his family, you see his wife and his two daughters. Wife overweight, daughter overweight, daughter number two, anorexic. Right. Just love that. Super skinny. Yeah, that kind of character thing that the writers thought. Like, oh, he should have a daughter who is anorexic because she's afraid that she'll be like her mom and her sister. Right. It'll be this unspoken thing, but it'll just be very obvious that that's what's going on. Yeah. I noticed we're going to go over on this episode. Yeah. But I think everybody's going to be okay with that. Well, there's, by the way, hella scenes in this episode. I mean, I just kept like adding, I was like, wow, yeah. we're at like 40 yeah. now. Cause I have like a little, uh, I mean, I have like a template kind of when I'm taking notes mm-hmm. and usually like we top out at like, I don't know, 20 something scenes. Yeah. 29, 28. Yep. Yeah. This is like for me, you know, like a solid 40 I counted. Oh, mine was 34. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm, Cause I get lazy. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't going to say it. But... Well, scene 21. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is it for you? Uh, my scene 21 was the scene we just talked about. Oh, okay. So I'm only yeah. uh, one behind you. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, this I titled, Work It Out With Hairdo. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Hesh's son-in-law will be getting fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars out of this, which is very nice for a guy who's internally bleeding. Mm-hmm. I love this when the background thugs. Mm-hmm. These moments where they try to make a point, like this guy saying that it was a hit and run, you know, right. it wasn't their fault. Right. And then everybody just pauses to let him know that they don't give a fuck about what he just said. Yeah. They do this several times in The Sopranos where like right. a lackey says a significant point, you know, detail. And everybody's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And they just keep quiet. Yeah. You're a lackey. Yeah. Know your place. Shut the fuck up. Absolutely. They What'd do you, that a lot. What did you think about the framing of this scene here outside? Because we get a very big close-up on Phil's head. Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, like a two shot of Christopher and yeah. Tony and Vito. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really think about it too much. No, I just thought, whoa, there's Phil. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of Phil. Close on Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess if you want to get like film school-ish about it, you Please. could just say that like Phil is in a position of power now. He's acting boss, mm-hmm. which means he really kind of just is the boss. Yeah. And he's a guy that they got to deal with. And he's also a very assertive guy. Mm-hmm. You know, in the back of his mind, we have to remember a big part of him still hates Tony and kind of wants to take any opportunity he can to sort of smack Tony down a little bit. I mean, within reason. Right. Uh, he knows that he can't go all the way with right. disrespecting Tony, but Phil is just kind of a like, yeah, like I'm going to get in your face a little bit. What are you going to do about it? That's part of Phil. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I like that. I yeah. like it. Uh, I like this moment too, because uh, after the talk, Tony is basically teaching Chris here, you mm-hmm. know, why he just did what he did. And it made me think like, maybe we'll see the reverse in many saints. Hmm. Yeah, I would love to. Depending on how young they're going to make or old they're going to make Tony. Right. Will Dickie be teaching young Tony anything, a thing or two about the way of the the world? It's interesting because, yeah, I mean, they haven't announced that. They've been announcing just in the last few days um, a lot of kind of cast, uh, a lot of recognizable Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. are going to be in this movie. But, yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing that dynamic Mm -hmm. play out seeing you know dickie multisanti kind of school yeah. i hope that's a big part of the movie yeah and then i guess time really has passed because christopher is a captain yeah christopher is a captain well i will he say, was not a captain in season five i will say this um i and this is not my like original thought i just remember this being said a long time ago actually uh that it's implied in a way that Chris was promoted after the death of Adriana. So Tony was like, let me do something nice for you. You gave up your fiance. Uh, That's a really big sacrifice. Mm. You know, you really proved yourself to me in a way. So let me promote you. So wow, he was promoted okay. between seasons five and six. Wow. That was a, that's a great original thought, Hannibal. <laughs> well, Hey, <laughs> But importantly, Gene yeah. comes in, right? Yeah. And asks Chris if he's talked to Tony about Florida or if Florida's come up at all. Chris kind of avoids it mm-hmm. and instead gives Gene a task. Yeah, an assignment. A, a mission. final notice to right. some guy. Yeah. Final. Yeah, meaning uh, you got to whack someone. And of course, uh, I think it's important that Gene's kind of pushing back, right? He doesn't really want to do this. Yes. And, you know, part of you thinks, wait, what? 
like, I mean, Gene's a soldier. Like, what's the big deal? Well, yeah, but Gene wants to get out, right? Yeah, I guess he wants to get out. It's a serious crime, obviously, murder. Well, there could be something more, though. <laughs> there could be something more. Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely, uh, I, I just think that in retrospect, you sort of look at this interaction, and you're like, oh, okay, I sort of understand a little bit more why Gene was not in a hurry to kill. That's right. Yeah. I think that's uh, scene 32. Right. <laughs> scene 37 for me, actually. No, Jesus. I'm just kidding. It's not that big of a disgrace. <laughs> uh, next, we just get this random cut to Tony at the sushi restaurant by himself. Yeah. Gorging on sushi, <laughs> patting his belly. It's so silly. It's so yeah. funny. Um, then Even belches, right? Even belches. Yeah. Even belches. Uh, Soprano's never missing a good burp or yeah. fart right. joke. Uh, and then, you know, cut to a happy Gene and his wife still mm -hmm. happy that, you know, they're looking at houses in Florida. So they're getting really excited. You know, they feel like, yes, this can happen. This can happen. Right. And I'm sorry if we said this and I immediately forgot, but a key thing that, uh, that Chris said to Gene was do this thing. I'll put in a good word for you on That's the right. Florida thing. So Gene has that too, where he's like, I will do this thing. Yeah. And that should basically seal the deal. That's right. Important uh, that we saw that sushi scene because uh, we get this next scene with Tony weighing himself. It's just another, I mean, silly moment, but I think yeah. it's important. The concern about health, right. well-being, that whole theme running through this episode. Yeah, he's pushing 300. Dude. Well, Tony. not if he takes his pants off. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it's such a great scene because, uh, I mean, I don't know if you've ever weighed yourself like this, but I definitely, like, have had my moments where I've stood on the scale. Yeah. Not now. You know, I, I'm in better shape now. But uh, yeah. in the past, where I stood on the scale, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that fat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, Tony, to, so it, it's got to be my wallet or something. Let me take yeah. my pants off. No, so, I just exactly. like how they had that. Yeah, I don't like going yeah. to the doctors, and they're just mm -hmm. like, okay, step on the scale. And you're like, can I take off my shoes at least? Right. No. Yeah. All right. But, uh, again, like just to show the Carmela Tony dynamic is, mm -hmm. is fully intact. They're having a normal couple argument, mm -hmm. right? They're up. She's upset that he ate there alone. Yeah. And for me, this happens all the time with Allie. If I go to in and out, yeah. but I would definitely not go to our sushi place without her. Oh, you can't do that. That I would pay for dearly. Yeah. So I felt this here where like Tony made a mistake. Right. Uh, yeah, no, that's classic. That is a classic thing to deal with. Uh, I think that's very relatable mm -hmm. for a lot of boyfriends and husbands yeah. <laughs> that sort of, wait, you did that thing. I thought that was our thing. Yeah. You watched that without me. I mean, you know? he, he even asks, you know, how's the car running? And she gives that nonverbal, mm -hmm. you know, sort of nod. Yeah. Which is always nonverbal. <laughs> <laughs> that nonverbal that nonverbal thing you do when you don't say something. Right. <laughs> but no, but yeah, I mean that just that reminder of like Tony's reminding her, like, hey, you remember I'm the guy that bought you a fucking like <laughs> SUV. Right. <laughs> that you did nothing for. 
Yeah, it wasn't cayenne pepper. It's a fucking cayenne car. Exactly. You tell her, Tony. This next scene, nice, neat, and quick. Gene strolls in to this uh, shitty little fast food place where the guy is waiting. Poor slob who just takes a bullet. Couple. <laughs> yeah, takes a couple. Gene uh, wearing gloves. Right. Leaves the gun. Yeah. No cannoli to take, but... Right, exactly. Does leave the gun. Drops the gun uh, Michael style after, you know, the Salazzo hit. Yeah. In Godfather 1. Yeah. yeah. But uh, interesting scene here, too. And I feel mm-hmm. like foreshadowing again where he's driving home in the rain and sees in the rearview mirror he's got blood mm-hmm. splatter on his cheek. Yeah. That he's like viciously, you know, like Lady Macbeth. Yeah style out damn spot yeah and then rubs it on a map you know and he wants to get away he wants to travel and now blood has been smeared on this map it's very yeah imagery is strong very strong shakespearean imagery i Mm -hmm. agree so this next scene i was like Carmela is such a bitch. Oh, not okay. only is she a whore, she <laughs> wow. is a fucking bitch. She rolls up to Ginny's house just to show off her new car to the woman who is about to lose everything. Yeah, I mean, it's very insensitive on Carmela's part. It really is. I mean, she is, I guess, it, I don't think it's complete no, it is. bitchiness no, because. It is. Ladies. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, she's trying to do what? She's trying to pick. She's trying. She recognizes that her friend Jenny is down in the dumps, right? She wants to take Jenny to the spa, right? She's trying to do something nice for Jenny. The no one, showing no one, off of the car is no one wants to take Jenny to the spa. What? No one. <laughs> I'm telling you, no one wants. Why to. would you say such a thing? She's there to show off her fucking new car to the woman who's about to lose everything. Wow. That yeah. is, that's a, I, I have to say, I usually give myself a lot of points for being pretty cynical, but this one, I guess, sort of went over my head a little bit. I thought that, I didn't think it was conscious. I, I'll, I'll at least say, I think it's unconscious what Carmela's doing. The the flexing okay. of the cayenne. I mean, I'll put, I'll put a poll out. Yeah, please. I will do this. Let's do it. Okay. Let's ask Terrence Winter. I really want to talk to him. Well, we'll, we'll mark that, this one down that is as your a respon- question. I, that is your responsibility <laughs> of this show. Okay. You're you're the guy. I can get him. You got Frank. Right. Just one by one, we're going to go through these writers. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, you know, another fucking podcast wants to get to it first. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. Unless that happens. <laughs> Next scene, we're yeah. back at the Bing. Move it on. Um, and again, more health talk, right? Uh-huh. Vito, like, really pushing this weight loss shit and wants to push it for Tony because God forbid, right? Mm-hmm. He leaves. He, he's His car is in a handicap spot, right? Right. Leaves the scene. Syl and Gene are there, right? And then Syl tells Gene very bluntly, it's a no-go. Yeah. No go on the Florida thing. Right. And also rubs it in to it, Gene by telling him, no, you shouldn't talk to Tony. He's uh, he's out on his new boat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, 
I mean, it's just kind of funny. This is a funny scene because it's delivered so unceremoniously, especially after, you know, Gene did what he did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, yep, yeah, we're just going to kill your dream. Yeah. Well, Sorry. I mean, because the, you, you can't retire. Right. They can't let you go to Florida and expect you not to talk. Right. They have to keep tabs on you. Yeah. They yeah. have to. Or they're fucking going to kill you. It's true. I don't really know what Gene is thinking here. No. But I, I mean. Okay. Here's the thing. Yeah. What he's thinking. I know what you're going to say. Okay. I've never seen this before. I watched it last night and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. So Syl leaves, right? Gene's there alone, frustrated. He looks very upset, very upset. And then Vito kind of comes into the shot out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Talking about, again, Tony's health in the very same way he was earlier. Mm -hmm. And that maybe he could be, you know, someday the head boss. Mm -hmm. Now, is this in Gene's mind? Or is Vito actually really there saying these (laughs) things? Because I felt... I felt really, really like Gene is having such a nervous breakdown at this point that he is remembering Vito's earlier conversation with Syl about Mm. Tony's health. And Gene is thinking maybe Tony could die soon. And if he Mm -hmm. does die soon, that would give me a better opportunity for leaving. Because Mm -hmm. the dialogue is just so strange. And the way Vito walks in is so bizarre that it feels like it is in Gene's, we're, 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 it's, it's, Vito is representative of Gene's mind. Yeah. In that moment. No, I think that that's hilarious because I thought exactly the same thing. The, okay, the way that he comes into the frame. Right. And the way that he just starts talking as he's standing behind Gene, who's not even, who doesn't even make the slightest effort to turn around and look at him. Yeah. It really is. It's just staged as if Vito is Gene's imaginary friend. Yes. In that moment. Yes, it is. <laughs> this voice that only Gene yes. can hear. <laughs> yes. No, it is. Isn't it? I yeah. mean, I, I, because we know what happens. Right. Gene is not in a good place. No. And exactly how Vito comes in and exactly how he starts talking. Mm-hmm. I think it was in, t- I, I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. ever asked about this and i don't want to say we're the first ones to ever yeah. fucking come up with this but i saw that last night and i was like holy shit that is some good stuff right there a, a nice new uh, conspiracy theory this is not one that i think has really been commented on i could be completely wrong about that but yeah it is funny i mean if it's not literally supposed to be he's imagining gene it's certainly staged fully to sort yeah. of just communicate that gene is imagining Vito, right yeah yeah no i think i don't think it's funny i think it's awesome if that's how it is yeah i think it's crazy another question for terrence winter yeah so hey gene was told tony can't be bothered he's on his boat and we see that tony was literally on his boat and is gets a call from barb that she can't take care of uncle jr we get Mm. a little detail by the way that i guess her husband is involved in film production and some special effect went wrong and he inhaled noxious chemicals right 
Uh, yeah, it's too bad that Chris didn't talk to that guy. I mean, yeah, seriously, it should be connected. <laughs> Chris could be a PA or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, anyway, so the thing that it comes down to is can Tony drop what he's doing to go take care of Uncle Junior because Barb is no longer available. Also, Janice can't be reached. Yeah, right. or was reached and said that she can't do it. Yeah, for yeah. her own reasons. Mm-hmm. And those reasons being she has a husband who loves trains. Right. <laughs> this uh, newfound hobby of Bobby's yeah. building this gigantic train set in their garage is pretty adorable. Oh, and he wears the, you know, the, the hat. cute hat. The conductor. Uh, it's yeah, just... it's, it's very sweet. When Tony arrives right. and walks up, it's just... <laughs> First, Janice's excuse about needing to take their infant to preschool mm-hmm. uh, interviews. And then when Tony sees the hat and he just looks at it and says to Bobby, we need to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby just kind of pulls the hat off his head. <laughs> but yeah, Tony is obviously feels like he's the only one who actually cares about Junior. And he's felt like this for many seasons, now, mm-hmm. many episodes that he feels like if it's got to get done you got to do it yourself right when it comes to junior from there tony storms off right and just storms mm-hmm. off cut to carmela and angie at vesuvio <laughs> again <laughs> yeah you just suddenly want to call it vesuvio's <laughs> vesuvio and i'm like yeah right they don't remember what happened between them angie got po Mm-hmm. And Carmela didn't want to be around her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and then we get the detail from Artie that him and Charmaine are back together. Mm-hmm. Getting back together. All right. Cool. Yeah. Good for them and good for Carmela and Angie. Nice that they mended that fence. And yeah, the same thing. I mean, there was the movie night scene right when Aid asked, "Why isn't Angie, Bob, and Sarah at these things?" True. She's not welcome because her husband went in the program. Right. But I guess Carmela has decided to put that behind her. I guess. That's good. At Gene's house, though, he's trying to convince his wife more and more, and she's just not having it. Yeah. And to make things even worse, she found heroin works underneath their son's bed. Which, like, the actor who plays Gene is... is does a great job yeah. in this episode. I mean, his eyes are just like, you can tell he's like not sleeping and just been exhausted from this. And mm-hmm. and then she suggests killing Tony. Right. <laughs> wow. Well, right. We're talking about Lady Macbeth. Yeah. Yeah. Get right to it. Did you find it weird that she's kind of dressed and he's kind of dressed and their house is kind of dressed in like 70s? Yeah. Decor. I definitely noticed that. I definitely noticed that it seemed to be kind of a bygone era. I yeah. noticed it mainly in the architecture. I was yeah. Like, oh, it was very like 70s. You know, sometimes you walk into those houses yeah. and you're like, oh, this was built in the 70s. Yeah. She's just, but she was wearing bell bottoms. Right. Like 2006 at this point. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little out of date. I a mean, they won't have to dress like that. With yeah. Two million, I guess. All right. Now we come to the part uh, where Tony arrives at Junior's. We mm-hmm. open up on Junior, who is sitting alone in the dark, doesn't have his upper dentures. You can right. just already tell that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it reminds me of 
way back when, when I, I pointed out a line that Livia had about she was telling Junior, you, you'll know what it's like one day to lose your, what did she say exactly? I forget the exact line, but basically what she says is that, hey, you know, I, I misplaced something that I just was holding, something along those lines. And uh, she's like, hey, you know, you'll find it will happen to you one day. Right. You'll become forgetful in your old age. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, all this. I, I remember when you brought that up. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, because we were obviously thinking, okay, well, he becomes severely demented yeah. later in the series. That's kind of a, I would say, inadvertent foreshadowing. Yes. Because I just don't think this show is that kind of show where they're like, here's our seven-year plan. <laughs> Man, <laughs> but who maybe, knows? Maybe. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Pussy Malanga comes up again. Right. Uh, for Junior and uh, Tony, you know, very calmly is like, look, go find your dentures. I'll start making dinner. I'll also find the banana you <laughs> misplaced in here. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll have a good night. Yeah. Confused old man, literally like missing a banana in his teeth. <laughs> I mean, he's he he's in disarray. It's sad. And I also have to point out, of course, that uh, so he's watching paths of glory right mm -hmm. old kubrick movie yeah and uh the dialogue spoken on the television is very important sometimes when characters are watching shows on this show yeah it's important sometimes it's not really yeah here it's very important like when adriana was watching everybody loves raymond right yeah exactly important uh that was maybe the most important maybe you know, uh you'll understand of her death right <laughs> <laughs> i say you'll understand when you when we get to the final episode of the series really why <laughs> she was watching everybody loves Raymond. right i'm exactly. totally kidding uh <laughs> but the lines that are spoken uh by the actor who is speaking to kirk douglas's character mm -hmm. you're an idealist and i pity you you're sentimental you know mm. You're an idiot because of your sentimentality, uh, and that is very, very important dialogue mm -hmm. because it ties into the whole theme. It ties into this whole Tony arc for this episode yeah. and for this extremely uh, decisive event that we are rushing towards. Mm -hmm. Very critical scene here for Gene, um, but not the last. Mm -hmm. uh, Gene still arguing with his wife, trying to convince his wife of things and trying to make solutions. Gets a call and we think, oh, great, it's more mob work. Like, mm -hmm. he's got to do something else. Nope. San Severino's back. And since Ray has died, now Gene is rat number one. Yeah. And is going to have to be working a lot harder. And he kind of figures out that it was Ray. Right? right he puts it together sure right away but yeah how about that just this reveal yeah that he too is a rat everybody's a rat everyone's a rat yeah uh and i thought about this a little bit you know was part of the because we we're talking about how like unrealistic it was that gene thought that he could get to florida when he's a made guy and all of that mm -hmm. but this you know as we see in this scene maybe this was a big part of it too where you know he wasn't quite thinking straight because he was just desperate mm -hmm. to get out of jersey because then maybe he thought he wouldn't have to cooperate as much true true so from there uh gene heads home right. um and this goes from very sad to very brutal 
Oh, yeah. Very quick. Right. Um, looking over his family photos. They obviously spent a lot of time down at the shore. He sees seashells that they collected. He grabs one. And then we cut to close-up of Gene's face. And we watch maybe for a good minute mm-hmm. him struggle as he hangs himself yeah it's a reveal i mean we got that big reveal that gene's a rat and then this is one of my favorite reveals in anything that i've ever seen you know tv or movie Mm. just that way that the transition is handled with the editing and the framing you think he's just looking at the album of the family photos Mm. which he is doing but then there's just sort of this kind of i don't know how to describe it invisible transition and then it's revealed that time has passed you know a few minutes or so now he's got his head in a noose in the basement yeah he's gonna hang himself yeah and then he does and then he does and we have to watch it right we watch the whole thing right and i mean capping her off with like defecates himself Mm -hmm. at the end of it it's yeah horrible uh yeah yeah i mean it's uh just a horrific thing and and a shock yeah i would say huge shock yeah which makes the lead up to the end of this even more of surprise (laughs) right and so we do cut to Mm -hmm. tony cooking up some pasta for uncle jr Mm -hmm. uh cooking with some Artie shaw playing in the background 10 minutes uncle joe who's down here Artie Shaw, 10 minutes. Don't go anywhere. I'm not, I'm right here. It's just a normal night with your kooky Uncle Junior. Uh, but you hear Junior upstairs, like, doesn't know who it is, sounds frightened. Mm-hmm. Tony plays it off. It's Artie Shaw down here. And he's going to look at, like, albums, looking at something, right? We see the figure of Junior come down the stairs. And in a flash, Junior shouts, And shoots Tony point blank in the gut. Yeah. And it's extra chilling because you just get that effect of him, Junior, shouting that at Tony uh, with no front teeth. So it just looks right. extra weird, right. you know, missing the, the top teeth. And it just is kind of like frightening uh, in the sort of horror movie sense. But then also in the obvious sense of Tony just took a fucking bullet to the stomach. Right. He just got shot. Right. This is what makes the episode hard for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. This. I just remember this. So it's just imprinted on my mind oh yeah this whole scene and it just very difficult uh because now it's just another struggle that we have to watch of somebody Mm -hmm. dying like right uh it's just it's it's crazy because it's out of nowhere it's unexpected it's the season premiere you know after the two-year absence and the fact that they start off the season with like maybe the biggest bang that they could have started it with right yeah and yeah. and shot by Junior, right? Of all people, exactly. And that speaks to like a big point that I want to make. And I think that 
The Sopranos is so great at doing this. So great. And this isn't the last time they're going to do it. Where they will deliver something that anyone could have predicted would happen. You know, anyone could say, yeah, uh, probably in an episode, Tony's going to get shot or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a big thing to predict. But they would deliver it in a way that you absolutely could not predict. Yeah. And that's what's, like, really special about this whole scene and why it still really gets me. Yeah. You know, every time. Yeah. Also, Gandolfini, just the way he sells it. Yeah. I mean, you're like... it. My stomach hurts when yeah. I'm watching this scene. Yeah. You know, it's just, we've seen, we've become desensitized, obviously. We see so many people get shot in movies and shows, yeah. especially in this show. Yeah. And in this scene, you really feel the impact of, hey, if you get shot, it hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like the in pain. That, that yeah. Gandolfini has there. And, and again, Gene's suicide is a fake out. Right. It's a huge fake out. Like you said, like you could predict that Tony would get shot, mm-hmm. but after Gene just committed suicide, mm-hmm. no, you would not expect the next scene to be Tony getting shot. No, right. It really comes out of nowhere. It really is. I still remember the impact of like seeing this for the very first time, not knowing it was coming. Right. And just being like, wow, that that is the biggest shock that I've ever experienced watching this show. Right. And and Junior hobbles up the the stairs and hides in the closet, mm-hmm. uh, while Tony struggles to reach the phone, which he rips out of the wall. Right. And you're just like, this is fucking over. Like, how the fuck can this possibly get worse? Mm-hmm. And then they do this deliberate thing of cutting back to a happy Carmelo with Angie. You're right showing off their new cars yeah. to each other. Yeah. And Carmela being a little jealous of the fact that Angie on her own can afford a Corvette. Yeah. Carmela, if she gets nice things, it's because Tony bought them for her. Right. And uh, Angie, you know, can buy nice things for herself. So Carmela's right. self-conscious. Yeah. And as an audience member, you're like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Right. Like, let's get back to Tony. But that's so true, right? I mean, to life, Unfortunately, when horrible things happen, yes. you know, uh, I, I don't know. Life carries on. Well, it's, no, it's not even that. It's just when, like, sometimes in my life, you know, when, when like, tragedies have occurred to friends or family or whatever, you know, I later think back to, wait, what was I doing mm-hmm. in that moment when that person died, mm. you know, or sure. when that terrible thing happened? And, yeah. and I guess I just kind of reflected on that while I was watching this, where it's like, that's the way life works. You're just living your life. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're happy, maybe you're not, whatever. But you're just doing your thing. And you will have no idea until later, maybe, yeah. that while you were doing that, blissfully ignorant, maybe the person you love most in the world was, uh, you know, dying on their uncle's floor. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we do get back to Junior's and Tony screaming for him. Uh, but the crawl to the kitchen phone mm-hmm. which is of course up on the wall right. and i just remember his white arms you know his blood yeah. is leaving his body yeah his arms are so pale and his struggle and you're just like screaming right to the screen like take your time like yeah. take all energy to hit those three numbers right like, do all that you can and then he sort of passes out while mm-hmm. 
the 911 operator asks what the emergency is. Yeah. End of episode. And uh, Jesus, I, I guess this is the second. This is a minor thing, but I just thought of it. The second season premiere in a row we've had where it was bookended by the same song. Mm, yeah. Right? Seven Souls. Yeah. Yeah. And then continuation season... of the song, right. too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then season five, it was that country song. Mm hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. What an episode. Really? Seriously. Yeah. Great premiere we'll see what comes next but that does it for this episode of the soprano show i'm gavin bowen and i'm hannibal diaz if you're enjoying the podcast and want to support it there are many ways to do that you can subscribe on itunes apple podcast um, stitcher google play spotify leave a five-star review leave a comment like us on facebook and twitter at the soprano show talk to us there uh, congratulations to the three people who uh follow us and listen to the show who won the sopranos sessions book amazing book by the way yeah it really is yeah congrats to them uh but like we do with every episode of the soprano show we end with our favorite line hannibal did you, you have a favorite line yeah i actually um i was gonna say i actually did gavin as okay. if we don't do this every single time <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i actually had a favorite line what <laughs> do you ask i wasn't expecting that um yeah it's really quick and it made me laugh yeah because uh, i feel like this is something that i like would like to say but would never have the balls to say to someone all right <laughs> and it's just like when uh bobby's talking about the you know the stuff that he has to do for his like infant daughter and he <laughs> says to tony like you probably remember that no i don't i didn't do that crap <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is a good response. Yeah. Uh, mine is very similar in that fashion. Uh, very quick. Uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, in the at the wake for Ray, uh, Tony is snapping at Chris because his AA sponsor is there. And Chris just says, a stupid joke. And then apologizes and says, Sorry. Everything's so fucking morbid. There's a man lying dead over there. That's a thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Wow. Season six starts off with a bang. Yep. <laughs>